to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's a budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is technology intersecting with the deer woods. It's a farmer's almanac on steroids. Basically, Spartan Forge is building a neural network to help think for you on where these deer are going to move. They use car deer studies, collar deer studies from Alabama to New York, all the way out west. They are compiling all these data points, plugging them into a supercomputer that's breaking down all of that information and then they're tracking back fawn births to find peak ruts in each of these areas. They're looking at deer movement based on time of year, weather patterns, over 30 years of weather, and the price is incredible, but that price is going up. So the app is about to be released, and when it does, that price is going to go up. So get on there. Start your 14-day free trial. Go to SpartanForge.ai, and when you do, you can use code BOWHUNTER, and that'll save you 25%. Spartan Forge, find, fix, finish. All right, so this week's episode, we're talking again with... Uh, Greg Litzinger. Um, I was having some conversations with some guys earlier about, um, you know, everybody wants to know what's in your pack, uh, things like that. So I thought I'd go over that with Greg. But I was also having conversations about um, hunting in the morning and becoming a better morning hunter. And that's just one of those things that, you know, comes with time. Some guys are afraid of the dark. Some people don't like going way in. Navigation, afraid of getting lost. Um, how early to go in. So we're going to cover all of that in this podcast and uh, always fun talking with Greg. But first we got to give a shout out to our Patreons. Patreons allow this show to continue doing the things that we're doing. I'm recording on this uh, podcast recorder um, helped fund by the Patreon dollars. Um, basically Patreon is a crowdfunding for creators and it allows us to do tons and tons of things. Um, you know, whether it's uh, hunt out of state, go to the ATA show, um, upgrade our equipment, uh, make more videos. You know, it, it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we can't thank those Patreons enough. In doing so, with our partners, we give back. So we try and give away as much stuff as we possibly can um, through our sponsors and then uh, through that extra money. Um, so this quarter, we do quarterly giveaways, we are giving away a complete saddle package. Um, we're going to give away the Latitude Method 2, um, either the XL or the regular. Uh, really awesome. I'm not a dual panel guy, but the magnets have got me um, almost convinced. Uh, Tethered gave us a set of um, Tethered One Sticks to try out. Uh, from what I can tell, they're not available at all right now, um, so this might be one of your only chances to get a hold of those. Um, along with that, 
Um, it looks like it's going to be the Trophy Line Mission Platform, uh, not the Mission, excuse me, the EDP. Um, the Mission Platform uh, is just a little bit big for me, but that's what people wanted. That's what Trophy Line made, but their ED play, EDP platform is a little bit more user-friendly, um, and then we'll have to get some ropes as well. So we're going to give those away. Um, all in one package, uh, base map. We also work with base map base map, um, has some incredible things that are coming out. Um, if you haven't checked out base map, certainly do so. Um, the value is insane. Um, everything that you get with any other mapping app, um, for $30 for the entire year, you can use code chronicles. You'll save 20%. Got to go online to do that. That makes it $24 for the entire year, $2 a month for the entire country. I mean, I use this when I'm looking for where people live, when I'm, you know, when I'm traveling to see where things are, what's near me. I'm dropping pins when I see deer on the side of the road, looking for public nearby. Um, all of these things, um, and if you had tried base map in the past and are, you know, uh, thinking about going back to it, the interfaces like completely changed. The high res imagery is amazing. Um, but definitely check them out. They give away one of their pro packs as well as some swag, uh, hat, shirt, and all that stuff. Um, Spartan Forge offers a year subscription uh, to one of our Patreons for that, um, as well as um zinger fletchings so zinger fletchings is some cool guys from michigan met them at the tether treat teaching train last year tried out some of their fletchings and um you know just been kind of talking back and forth with them ever since and uh shot those fletchings at the total archery challenge you know all the way out to 125 yards and uh they performed incredibly even had john um a little bit more on board as he's quite the purist but um you know that's all stuff that we give away to our patreons um you know four times a year we're trying to give away more stuff um uh, but it's just uh you know whatever comes down the pike but i think that's a pretty good saddle package i think someone's gonna um really be happy with that so uh, but you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast. You can click the link in our Instagram. You can go on our webpage, bowhunterchronicles.com. Click on the Patreon link. Um, but, you know, we can't say enough to those guys. Talk to many of them uh, daily, either on Instagram or a Marco Polo group that's really created a community. Um, and it's, you know, almost like having a, a podcast group in your own right um to talk through ideas gear all that stuff uh with people that are all on the same page so uh, if you are a patreon and you haven't checked that out uh go to the patreon messages and i've sent out links to that so you can definitely check that out but for those of you just listening thank you so much for listening uh every month we get more and more listeners and uh, we can't thank you enough if you like what we're doing tell somebody you know, leave us a review that helps us as well. But, um, you know, just tell a friend and thank you as always for listening. All right, everybody, Adam back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. John is in full blown summer duty. So he just bought a camper and his wife's like, hey, we're going here, we're going there, we're going here. Um, I don't have a schedule. So, we're just working around it at this point. Um, so uh, today we've got our friend uh, Greg Litzinger, uh, the bow hunting fiend, 
Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about gear uh, as far as like uh, everybody loves, and we've been talking about it like in our Patreon group about like pack dumps and what does everybody bring into the field. Um, and so I wanted to talk to Greg a little bit about that. I, I feel like Greg is the most um, like relatable hunter um to to most of us uh because he shares his failures as much as as his successes uh he works a ridiculous schedule and like spends all of his time that i can tell either with his family or scouting and um and i think that resonates with a lot of guys as it does does with me so um how are you doing tonight greg good you know um just like everybody else got a million things to do and not enough time to do it. <laughs> so how's your, your season going to be shaping out this year? I know you hunt uh, a couple different States and a couple different, uh, you know, times a year, you got some longer season, short seasons. Um, so what do you got coming up this year for, for hunts and, and where are you focusing your time? Um, I got, trying to hit the early season in Delaware this year. There's a couple spots by my job. I was poking around today. You know, it's, it's a little bit of hike from my house, but this season opened September 1st. So they're in full velvet, you know, um, I can hunt the first three days. So I'm going to try and hunt the first three days and see a decent buck this morning. Uh, two decent ones, put out a couple cameras and, I'll go back in about a month, you know, two weeks for the season, check the cameras, pull them so they don't get stolen. They're low-hanging fruit, but I don't think too many people are out scouting uh, that area right now because uh, the bugs, the flies are so bad. <laughs> it's just awful. Um, then got PA, two trips to PA, going to uh, hunt for myself and then going out for the Wounded Warriors Spartan Forge thing. Um, and then try and fill in the rest of the time here in Jersey. You know, nothing too crazy. Okay. Now you just mentioned that you and I were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording here and I was telling you about a spot that I hunt, but the, this question I think resonates with a lot of guys is like for that early season for that, you know, you just talked about that. You're seeing these, these bucks in Delaware. So mm-hmm. you're, you're out there, you drop some cameras you you just verified that these deer are in the area. Um, one, what's the pressure like there? And then two, how are you using that information? So you saw those bucks in a field. You yeah, they were an overgrown. Yeah, they were like an overgrown. I was actually just walking the edges of some fields, just trying to cut tracks. Basically, I had a few cameras in my bag. Just trying to find something. I hunted there years ago um, when I was killing a lot more bigger deer on a regular basis. Uh, I'd be tagged out come, you know, middle of October. So I was like, I want to hunt. So I'd go to Delaware and hunt. And really haven't been back since. I hunted there for a couple of years. So I was just, you know, and early season is new to me. Like, this is all new because, you know, there's overgrown fields. There's really not much food. Just browse or some, you know, most of the the ag is on private, you know. So it's a, 
it's new to me, I guess, you know, so I'm just like average person really just trying to walk field. I just cut a big track, you know, and I cut a big track and just mess around with a trail camera. I look up and there's a couple bucks in this overgrown field, just feed milling around. I guess there's some clover and whatnot, like coming up through this. It's not CRP. It's just, I call it ragweed. I don't know what the actual stuff's called, but, uh, they were in there just browsing away like a, you know, 150 yards away. So I threw a camera up and went up a little bit further through a camera and just got to let it soak for a month and see what happens. You know, uh, if the cameras don't show anything, I'm not going to be too discouraged because, uh, like I said, a sep- September 1st, uh, opening day, the bucks are still a summertime pattern, you know, oaks for the most part really aren't dropping heavily there might be a few so i'm just going to just cruise around and gla- do a lot of glassing you know i might glass for three days and not find anything worth hunting, worth hunting you know but the place is by my job so i can sneak out you know on fridays and hunt you know the first you know month of the season or whatever after the first couple of days so on that in that situation because the the place where i was hunting i found i mean i'd scouted the area like quite a bit and i knew of an area where some big some of the bigger bucks bedded there Mm -hmm. um and it was only from the sign like this really like nasty spot where people wouldn't go and in there was just some huge rubs and some beds like on the top of these like little tiny bit of topography uh, yeah, and it's a bulletproof spot for these deer. I mean, they can see anybody coming. The wind is going to give anything away, and it's just—it's one of these things where I'm like racking my brain um, because this year driving around out, like I said, I I saw two bucks coming out of there that were, you know, one twenties probably, maybe mm-hmm. the ones yeah. maybe bigger than that. And, and so it's like, okay, but I'm going to see those bucks just like everybody else that drives around there, super mm-hmm. pressured and it's a super bulletproof like spot for the deer. So is that one of the spots where you would want to hunt? Like you, you would want to, I guess, stick to what you know and go in there like super early in the morning and wait for them to be coming back to that bed. That's, you know, in, in theory, yeah. Um, and I think in early season, uh, I don't know what, what time does that area open? October 1st. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I'd give it a whirl. You know, I'm super aggressive. Like, I don't, um, I, I, I would, I would do it. I would try and find out where the best possible ways, because in the morning time, a lot of people don't hunt mornings, uh, in the early season, I know quite a few people that they either don't know how they're afraid to bump deer out, but if you're pretty calculated with your entry and exit, you know, you can get, you know, away with a lot of stuff in the early season. You know, if you do bump them out, you know, might not scare them in the next county. You might get another crack at them, but I do, you know, I do love the morning. So I would sit it personally. Yeah. So in those deer that you saw out there, I mean, are you trying to look at their, I mean, obviously I'm guessing you saw them feeding. Are you looking then to say, okay, where are they going to be bedded 
or yeah like i said i i think those deer that i that i was seeing were um you know betting relatively close by because it's midday and they're out like kind of on their feet browsing you know it's like 11 o'clock so i don't think they're far from uh where they would be betting 11 o'clock in the morning you know a couple hundred yards max maybe so i have a just like from the topography you look at you know where things would be and just from walking that piece of woods years ago i got an idea where a buck would bed you know especially like a group of bucks you know and i think early season for me uh that early there might not be bedding in the most strategic location you know they're going to kind of bed a little lazy i guess because there's nobody to bother them all summer you know the guard's kind of down mm-hmm. you know so i think i can get away with uh you know going all in you know on opening morning or a day after if i you know uh, the wind is right. Okay. Yeah. And it, that's just one thing. Like, I guess I've always just written off the, you know, cause I, I guess I'm, I'm never a hundred percent. Like I can look at something and say, that's a buck bed, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's totally different when, you know, I said that I have a marked on the map and then watch them come out of there in the evening, like right when they're supposed to. Um, yeah. Th- now, now that kind of gets me a little bit more fired up. Like, okay, that is, and then you think, okay, well, I need to be there, you know, within a hundred yards of where you can shoot them yeah. and all that uh, for evening. Like, I think everybody yes. just writes off the, the morning, like, cause that, yeah. it doesn't get much more aggressive, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and people, it's not aggressive. It's aggressive, but if you're very careful how you go in and out, like it's not really aggressive. It's you know, you better be very efficient with your hunts because you know, we're all busy guys. You know, if you can tag out and open a day, why not tag out and open a day? <laughs> like, why drag it out for three months? <laughs> if I, you know, it's like I'd tag out and open a day every year. You know, I'd have no problem with that. But a lot of guys, I think, are afraid. Uh, they get aggressive because they don't want to bump the deer out or, or on TV or they read an article, you know, years ago said, you know, it's hard to hunt bucks in the morning in certain places. Yeah. You know, if you're hunting, if your only access is to a bean field, the deer in the bean field, yeah, you can't hunt that in the morning, you know, but if you have a, you know, a backdoor interest, you know, uh, some way to access that without blowing them out, then it's not being aggressive. It's being smart. And I think, a lot of people don't know how to, I don't say a lot of people, you know, some people are afraid to take that chance maybe. And Cause I got friends that will not get aggressive in the morning. Cause they think they're going to do everything wrong. Uh, maybe they're afraid of the dark that they're allowed to their stand up. Like, I don't know, but like hunting in the morning over beds, like you got to be very efficient in how you get into the woods and how quiet you set your stand up. And you can, I mean, we've all heard guys using climbers in the morning and it sounds, you know, like, you know, two grizzly bears fighting, you know, and it's like, what are you climbing with? Like, what is that sound? You know, but they're just not very quiet. So maybe they, those guys don't like hunting mornings because it's hard for them to, to be quiet. I don't know. That's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, that the, I guess the, the thought for me, like now I'm like in real time processing this and I'm, I'm thinking like, well, that area is like, super 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 pressured so 
I guess it's like, why, why not me bump them rather than somebody else? You know, yeah, I mean? exactly. somebody's going to blow them out. And then if, even if I get busted or something, then I, you learn I'm learning. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And, and I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. It is, um, it's very hard for some people to say, all right, I'm going to, you know, learn from this mistake because, you know, it's very hard to admit when you're wrong. You know, every, like, I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. A lot of people don't. And some people just struggle with that. You know, that I'll bump a deer out and they're, they're seasoned everybody to get so frustrated and angry. Like, listen, you bump a deer out. That deer's not fuming, punching the walls or screaming, yelling in the woods. Like, he just gets down his merry way and moves on. You know, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's just like we, we always see things as like a worst case scenario. You know, yeah. and so like we, people have probably heard on the podcast, like the property that I have in the UP is just over into the central time zone. So naturally we are in like a time space continuum, like warp <laughs> thing. So all the clocks say this time, your phone switches back and forth on what time it is. And then, like, the last time that I hunted up there was over daylight savings time. So now, like, all the chips were stacked against us. And, you know, inevitably, there's that morning where you wake up an hour late because, you know, whatever. I bumped a deer out on my way in, a buck. And I was like, oh, well, that was my deer for the day, you know. Yeah. And uh, then I ended up missing a, a even nicer eight-point um you know, two hours later, cause it was just that time of the year and it's just, you know, cruising. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's like you said, it's like what that deer was not like, Oh, Hey everybody, he's over there. He's, I mean, it's kind of like that yeah. Jurassic park meme. It's like, see, nobody cares. You bumped a deer. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it, you, it's very, I know cause I struggled at it at, with it for a long time. And, and you, for me, like I reached the point of like, I, I needed to make a change because what I was doing wasn't getting me the results. So I kind of, I mean, there was a period where I was so aggressive. I was reckless, but that's how I learned not to be you know, reckless was by being reckless. Cause it's like, wait, I'm getting the same results. I was like, I need to be this aggressive, but bring it back in, like reel it back in and be a little more, you know, stealthy, you know, being a little more efficient with my time and whatnot. Then it's like, okay. So, that didn't work, but what I took away from that is like, all right, I can make this work for me, you know. And everybody has they operate their wire differently, so you need to find a you know, a, a system that works for you. So in that like system that works for you, um, and like I said, I want to get to like your gear and like your like what mm -hmm. you bring and that kind of breakdown. Um, but it's funny because I was just having a conversation like about being a better morning hunter um with mm -hmm. uh alex over at latitude and he's like you know mm -hmm. he's thinking about all the deer that he's killed and they've most of them have been like in the evening or whatever and he's like i need to become a better morning hunter but it's like you know people yes. don't like to get up people don't so yeah. so what do you say that the keys are for like hunting in the morning or what do you think are, are people are things that hold people back that they can overcome their entry and exit uh, to be a, and it, you know, I call it an effective slash efficient uh, morning guy. Like you have to be dialed in. 
because you have to get used to you know getting there super early and taking your time getting like when i hunt in the mornings like i don't go just like bumbling through the woods i get my stand like super fast like i leave myself plenty enough time so if i do bump a deer out i can sit back for five minutes you know let the woods kind of calm down and then head about my merry way you know like i want to be well set up you know well before gray light you know like an hour quiet so if i do make any noises or ting something you know if i if i mess up it's not going to mess the hunt up you know because i'm so i'm way i'm way in there before the 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 deer I'm targeting is going to be working through that general area. And that was very hard to find that timeline because, you know, I did the whole John Eberhardt, like three hours before light. Well, I'm running on two, three hours sleep. I can only do that like three times in a row and I'm dead. So like, well, that doesn't work for me. So from like three down to two and, and I'm like hour and a half is kind of, you know, if I were actually, think about it go back and probably like an hour and a half quiet and um and by quiet i mean like I'm, I'm set up i'm not getting to the tree an hour and a half like i'm up the tree and i'm just relaxed you know getting changed and cooling down doing a lot of stuff like an hour and a half before gray light not sunrise like gray light shooting light and so how do you i, I guess one of the things that goes back to gear is Everybody seems to be wanting the most mobile, the the lightest, the coolest, the you know the 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 most shiny thing. Um, yeah. You know, so we're for most guys, I would say, are constantly switching up the things that they're bringing into the woods with them, and they are you know maybe just completely new to them, anyways. Um, yeah. And then to try to do that in the morning, an hour or an hour and a half before it gets, um, yeah, gets light out. So how do you practice that? <laughs> you know that that getting practice. ready in the dark. And are you going up and down the tree with the light on also? Uh, yeah, I have a real a real dim light, um, a real dim green light. I'll use climb a tree, but you have to practice it. Be it at night, go out and get and set up in the dark and take down in the dark, uh, like well before the season. Like it's easy to set up midday and practice in the backyard. Like, do, 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 do. This is great. I love it. Now, like set up in the morning, like for, even for me, like, like shooting in that early morning, like I've literally set everything up in my yard, you know, 30 minutes before shooting, like, but taking my time, setting the sticks up, setting, you know, when I, you, when I was working on my methods, like you're streamlining myself, uh, you know, 15 years ago, I started that process. I would set up in my yard and I would set up, you know, on Saturday mornings, wake up and, and like I was actually going on a hunt in August and get set up and sit in the dark, get used to it. And it's like, okay, this isn't too bad. And then as soon as gray light comes, you know, have my 3D target, take one shot and then climb down, do all that for one shot because that's, I'm programming myself to, all right, this is what's going to happen. So mentally, you know, and, and physically, I, like I go through the motions and it's like, okay, it's, it's, I can do this, you know? And as I've, you know, progressed and for me, I don't bounce around a lot with equipment. Like, um, for years I used a limb with climber. That's all I used. And then I went to the hang on. That's all I used. Like now 
when I first got in saddle hunting, I was like saddle, hang on, climber. And it kind of, now it's just all saddle. And I try to keep things the same for a good stretch of time. Like I'm not worried about the latest and greatest. I'm worried about what I can set up comfortable, what I'm comfortable setting up. You know, like this year I'm making a change. I'm using, going back to sticks, uh, the timber ninja sticks. So I was using bald edge steps for the last couple of years. So now going back to the sticks, like, Oh, I have to change. I can't bring the platform up with me on the back of the saddle because I got sticks hanging there now. So I was like, all right, well, that's something I need to work on. So I was practicing that in the yard. So I jacked up my ankle and it's, it's totally different using sticks versus the wild steps. So it's like something I like relearn how to use sticks for the saddle because ever since I've been saddle hunting, I've been using, you know, wild steps. So I've been trying to just get all that dialed in here. So it's like not opening morning, I'm dropping a stick or doing something, you know, stupid, you know, calls me a deer. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You know, when you're like the scenario that we just outlined. So look, I know where these bucks are bedded. My best chance may be, you know, opening morning. I, I can't be up there like clanging my platform on my sticks mm-hmm. in your scenario because yep. I didn't think about that until, I got out there and then, you know, yeah. now it's just yeah, all like for said, what? It's, And it's like, even cause I can do the sticks in daylight. Like I get up, it's like, oh, I'm a big, but in the dark, you're hanging on this. You got the little loops, little gear loops on each side. Well, in the dark, you, you got to lean back and you get, all right. So now I got to take my both hands off the tree because I can't really see because the light, you can't really get the light where it needs to be. So it's like, I'm still fine tuning how to get them out, you know, quietly without, you know, getting too much motion because you know there was a few times like i rock and the, the sticks would hit together so i'm like oh so for me like i got one loop longer than the other so you know the odds of them you know clinging together you know the the, the metal standoffs slim mm-hmm. to none because right. one's longer than the other you know so it's like all right that's something i learned by just doing it wrong a half dozen times <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, like so to that point, like what goes into, so 15 years of like dialing your system in for, mm-hmm. um, you know, being this mobile hunter, um, what do you bring out with you? And we'll go through like the iterations, like throughout the year, but like, what are the staples that are in your pack that, you know, no matter what time of year or whatever, like, what do you bring with you? So, like, in my pack, I run a, you know, a Badlands Super Day, and I've tried other packs. I just keep coming back to this pack because it's got pockets, and I've used the pack for hiking, and I keep everything, all my gear in the same pouches, same thing. So, let's just say I drop my light. I still know where everything is in my pack. I don't need, I don't need my light to you know, go in there like, all right, you know, my pull-up cord's here, this is here. So, from there you go, like being consistent with what I have. Like I keep going back to the super day pack because I've used it for so long, you know, and I just know where everything is. So in the dark, it's like, all right, you know, my, my pull up pouch, my pull up rope is on the right, you know, my bow hanger, uh, little hero clip or whatever I'm using it this year will be in the left. You know, I have, uh, the strap that uh, holds the knee cushion, seat cushion from the knees that's in the same pouch. So I set these things up and I'm 
I set them up the same way every time I get to the tree, you know, and I know where everything is. So it's like, all right, my, my pack, I got pull up rope, food, water, all that stuff stays in the same pouch. Um, be it early season into winter bow, nothing deviate, nothing leaves those pouches. And I, I think that's super important. Like if you're changing your packs, move away through the season or changing, I don't really put anything in my pants because I wear bibs or I wear, you know, pants. So all my gear is literally just in my bag. So if I do change my pants or jacket, it doesn't really affect how I climb up the tree or get ready. Answer the question or you want me to go more detail of what I actually, the actual gear items. I guess I'm just interested in like, so there's guys like myself that I, um, you know, we're doing filming. So I've got my camera arm and I've got all mm-hmm. my, my other stuff. Um, and then I'm like, I think from my time, like in the Marines where it was like, you know, everything was a redundancy because if you mm-hmm. lost it, then you were fucked, you know? So yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, so I have, an extra flashlight, you know, I have an extra yeah. release. I have, but then you've got like guys that are like Dan Infault and they're like, well, I have a Fair compass point. and like, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, yeah, I, I keep a compass, you know, flashlight. I have a tracking light that stays in my bag. Um, I have an extra set of batteries for my headlamp and my uh, things in a waterproof uh, baggie uh, and that stays like in, in the water pouch. I don't really use it that often. My knife, I got like a little kill kit, that's knife, you know, headache, Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, you know, rubber gloves, etc. That all stays in, in, the, in the pouch. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've streamlined it by like taking less and less because, you know, 20 years ago, I, I took everything in the kitchen sink, like, I'm already got 40 pounds on camera on gear. What's another 10 pounds? Bring me a gallon of water. Like I'll have a party up in the tree. <laughs> now, <laughs> now if I go, it's like, well, it's a half day set. I don't need a full Nalgene water bottle. I'll just bring a half. Um, and I'll have water to truck, you know, but like come to rut, I'll bring two water bottles, you know, and have my little snack bag. I use like little, um, gear bags, uh, you know, it just one's kill kit, one's food, one's got some camera stuff in it, and one's got the, you know, so I have them in the bag, and they're all color-coded. So it's like I look down, like, all right, you know, I know which one, what I'm looking for. I pull them out, put it aside, get what I want. Very, uh, you know, I think I transitioned, like, going out west very easily mm-hmm. because from hiking and, and hunting this way, like, you get kind of organized. You know, in the, in the pack, everything just boom, 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 boom. So... There's no hiccups early in the morning. And there's guys out there that still bring a lot of gear. Like I bring a lot of gear because if I want to sit all day, like I have food, water, usually, you know, if I go out in the morning, I'll, I'll bring a full water bottle because if the action's good, I'm not coming out of the woods, you know, so I'll have enough gear to get me through a day. It might suck, but I can make it work. Yeah. It's funny. Like when we used to run the real big climbers, like we try oh, to carry geez. less stuff. I feel like, and I had, cause I, yeah. we, we had like Cabela's made these waterproof, like really nice, big fanny packs. Yeah. And so you could carry all of your stuff and then you could strap your, 
you know, your outer layers to the outside of it. It had straps on it and we would use those. And then like, as we like, it was like, Oh, well now we're going to add this. Now we're going to add this. Oh, now we're just going to carry a backpack with that. And then everything Mm -hmm. just is like ebbed and flowed. It's like, well, now I don't have to carry that big stand. So I'm going to carry this backpack full of all this shit. Like, (laughs) and then again, I'm, I've said it before, you know, like I'm not like, uh, uh, Taylor Chamberlain, where everything is in its place, and yeah. even at the end of the hunt. So I'm, it might, yeah. it might start that way at the beginning of the day, like the night before when I'm getting everything ready for my, you know, my hunt in the morning. But like mm-hmm. after that all day sit and that walk back in the rain or the snow or whatever, and you're just like, you know, my, I'm pouring my boots out of water. Like I just throw the shit in the truck and then I organize it again <laughs> later. So I don't necessarily yeah. remove any of the other stuff that I had. I just add more things. So it's like, Oh, there's that and that. <laughs> but I do like the, the organization stuff. Cause I've got all those pouches and stuff. Exactly. Like what you said for going out West and you know, mm-hmm. that would, that would seem like a great way to, you know, just minimalize some of that stuff. So if it's in one of those pouches, aside from say the food one, then it just stays in there and it's, it's, it's in there and it just doesn't yeah. come out, you know? And I think, you know, as I've gotten older too, it, you know, I, I use, I during hunting season. I have a, a one of sleds and that stays in the back of my truck and that'll stay in there with like a, you know, water bottles, towels, you know, and stuff like that, all ready to go. So I have that in my truck all hunt season, you know. Uh, anytime it really comes out, you know, so I'll, you know, if I'm going to work, I'll take it out. But, like, if I'm hunting, that just stays in it, you know, the cap locks up so I don't worry about, it, you know, getting legs and walking. But, and I have a little more stuff at the truck. I try and keep some, my truck's somewhat organized because if I ever do forget something or lose something, uh, you know, like a light or a haul line, like I have a spare in the truck, you know, like the releases, I bring a spare release. I keep it in the bag. Um, but I do practice with it. You know, it's, it's a little, it's the same design. It's just, it's not on a strap. So I do make sure you, you practice with spare release, you know, uh, and just little things like that. Cause I mean, I've, I've dropped my release or lost my release. It's like, ah, I got a spare, you know? So, Little things like that, I think, help goes a long way, you know, keeping somewhat, you don't have to be super organized, you know, but you, I think the more organized you are, the more streamlined you are, the more effective you can be in a, you know, a crunch situation, you know, because you know, you got enough gear to get the job done. So do you have something like some, some sort of like a sage worldly, uh, advice or whatever as far as maybe like a maybe like a creature comfort thing or maybe something that you know that maybe you bring with you that that other guys don't um you know from all of your time you know being mobile and in hunting that way no uh you know like i say because i've i've evolved and changed you know as i've gone through this like now with a saddle i've I feel like I streamlined even more because now, you know, it's like, uh, I would, you know, using the climber, uh, the haul line, you know, I would have two haul lines, you know, one for the, uh, bag, one, one for my bow, you know, now I got just one haul line for my bow, 
you know, so as I've progressed through this, I've, I've dumped a lot of stuff that were, you know, I'd always bring, you know, like I said, I always bring two water bottles. Now I just bring one Nalgene bottle. So I think, I guess I don't really have anything that's like, uh, I guess that would, I think a lot of people relate to maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I just I think guess. like, like generally speaking, like that's one of the things I've come across with like the older saddle hunters is like, I feel mm-hmm. like they've already, they've already had their learning curve long yeah. ago. So they're like, Oh, this is how I do this. Or this is how I do that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many yeah. people because of the saddle, um, that are moving into a more, more mobile, um, yeah. type setup. And I think the hard part when I transitioned even just to the stand and sticks is mm-hmm. like we talked about, like getting that stuff set up in the dark and like, yeah, you know, so for me, the, like you're saying the loops on your saddle and all that stuff is, you know, the mo <laughs> those little like cheat codes or whatever. Yeah. To, to, I know, to like, get that done. Like when it comes up with the saddle, one thing I, I struggle with was using but I got into using the bino harness mm-hmm. uh, when I was using the stand, like the hang on, even the climber, because I had all my stuff in the chest pouch, snacks, everything was like right there. Well, now that my bino pouch gets in the way of the, the bridge and the saddle. So I was like, well, all right, well, this so used to have my binos there, trying to put them on a tray and, and range find all that stuff. That's one thing I'm still trying to figure out how to, have it where it's seamless for me and i'm i still haven't figured out anything you know i still hang the binoculars on a strap on the on the tree and, and the rangefinder. i just feel i need something better i've tried different harnesses you know i even use the rick young harness like i i like that but i can't really put my rangefinder on there because you know they, they i'll get a ting every now and again you know if i move a little bit or anything so it's like uh, so I'm still struggling with where to put my range finder, <laughs> you yeah. know, I feel the same way, especially in it. It's not as much in my bridge. Cause I can kind of, I feel like I can work around that for mm-hmm. me. And it's usually like in the late season, like when I have heavier clothes on, mm-hmm. but like climbing up the tree, like when I'm setting my sticks or when I'm, you know, like I guess there's always like I find like I at at some point or another I always feel like that scene from Christmas Vacation where Clark Griswold's just hanging there and he's he's moving his hand up and down and up and down like I don't know where to put my hand like yeah. where I'm just like hanging there like yeah. all right and so like at that moment every single time my bino harness is like scrunched up against a tree and I can't reach to where I want to. And it's always climbing up the tree for whatever reason. (laughs) And I'm like, that's when I'm ready to ditch the bino harness. But you're right. The convenience of it for, you know, just about every other situation. Yeah. Because I even like use it for shooting 3D. Like I I started using it for for everything. Once I went my, like I got a year for my 2016. I started practicing with it for elk hunting. And I'm like, man, this is cat's ass. And I was like, and I was like, I bought like a smaller one. I was like, I want a bigger one. I bought more stuff. So I bought even a bigger one. I had more sh- on my chest. That fine for a 3D range because I ain't got to carry you. Know, my pants ain't falling down or whatever. Like everything's just on my chest. So this is great. 
but for hunting, I'm like, all right, it just gets in the way, you know, uh, you know, and the stand's not too bad, but the saddle, like the big one was, I can't do it how I have the bridge. And even like my small compact one, I feel like if I'm turning, it'll, it'll brush against the bridge or the bridge will crush it. You know, if I'm leaning to the right, I can't get the binos out without, for me, it's, it's the deer probably can't hear it from 30 yards away, but I can hear it. And I'm like, nope. Because mm-hmm. if I can hear, I look at the deer definitely hearing it. They could probably don't even know what's happening, but I'm like, it's so noisy, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it, you know. So the Rick Young works a little bit better. I keep it like super tight, but then it's like almost like too tight where I can't get it up. It's like I'm trying to like glass like at a distance. It's like pulling me down, and I'm like I'm just trying to like lean back in the saddle. I'm like this is not even really that comfortable, <laughs> you know. So that's one thing I'm you know. Let's be what my fourth. My third full season, fourth full season, and I still have figured out the bino horns thing. And I see guys that have them, they use them, and I'm like, because where I have the bridge for my comfort thing, it just doesn't allow it, you know? It's like, yeah. So, and I try to, like, I try to shorten it up so it's, like, all up in my neck, you know? It's, it's like, super high, and it's, like, then it gets in the way of my bowstring or whatever. I'm like, yeah. So, that's, uh, I try to clip on the retractable clip like old school back in the mm-hmm. day yep. you know on on the thing i'm like all right and then i'll like let it go and I'm like it'll hit something i'm like well that's because vinyl horn says let it go it falls right there you know but mm-hmm. i'm so used to just kind of like dropping and shooting and i'm like well that don't work muscle memory so i'm like oh maybe i just need to practice more you know i should be practicing with that this summer and i i don't because i'm like oh, i'll swing it and i still haven't figured out that's probably why i haven't figured it out <laughs> Well, we talked about it a little bit on our last podcast, but sorry, do you wear your saddle in? It depends on the walk and the type of uh, vegetation I'm going through. Like if I'm going through like a brush busting, then no, I'll stuff it in my pouch. That's one reason I like the, the Super Day. It, it's big enough. I can throw my saddle in there with my pouches. Um, you know, and plus for me, like longer walks, I, I don't have – you know, an, an ass or hips to hold up my pants sometimes. So I got like my belt super tight. And then with the, the saddle being super tight, I get hit pinched or, you know, it's just, it's uncomfortable. But this year I'm using those, uh, from practicing with that BK outdoor suspenders and I can keep the saddle super loose. That's kind of nice. So maybe I'll wear the saddle one more for longer hikes. I'll just take the pouch off. That way I, like, I know like, when I ran that, like I, I went through two tethered couches because it's, you know, it's a fine light material. Mm-hmm. Well, sticker bushes are like, don't mind if I do. And they just <laughs> grab it, you know, and then you get stuck on it, you know, and you're like fighting a sticker bush. So I started just putting my pouches in my bag and I was just walking with the saddle. But long walks, I usually take, I'll put the saddle on when I get to the tree. Uh, you know, and like I said, I'm never in a hurry. You know, for the most part. So taking the two minutes to put a saddle on isn't going to kill me <laughs> by any means. But like walking out in the dark, I use to wear the saddle, you know. Hmm. And that's what I but, mean. You know, like, I, I, I've always worn the saddle in, but I understand mm-hmm. now talking with, you know, hearing it out. Like, it's like, yeah, you don't you don't need to do that, but it's the same thing as like on the way out. It's like, I just want to be done. So I like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like we're out of here. So yeah. I'm not going to take it off and pack it all nicely away. It's like, we'll yeah. It out later. It was, uh, 
you know, it's one of those things that like, it, it depends on, on the situation, you know, like in the mountains, uh, especially like when I'm doing like the overnights, like the two or three day camping trips, I just keep the saddle in my, in my backpack. I feel because I'm usually, you know, going uphill and, and climbing over some rocks and whatnot. I just feel more comfortable with everything in my, my backpack, you know, my elk hunting backpack, everything's super tight and I got nothing you know, that's going to fall or whatever. Cause it, it, that's one place I, I feel like I'm always in a rush is the mountains. You're like, ah. yeah. Cause you got a, a two mile hike going a little bit of vert. You're like, oh, I'm good. Or you get halfway through up there, you're tired or, you know, you get a little winded and you're like, I just can't. And then last thing I need to do is worry about a saddle slipping down or, or getting loose, you know, or catching anything. Um, but yeah, like it depends on the situation. Like I would say, um, Wearing a saddle in, wearing a saddle out, maybe fifty-fifty. Okay, and you so you mentioned the um, like the mountains and the overnight hunts, and that was something that I wanted to ask you about. Like as far as your gear goes, like when you go in, because you'll go in and you, in a canoe or a boat, and um, you know you've got to deal with the tides and all sorts of other stuff. Um, but you're also hunting in the mountains and other things. So does the gear that you bring with you change for either one of those scenarios? Say it again, sorry. So, you know, traditionally, I guess I would break my hunts up into, okay, early season, you know, rut, all day sits, late season. But I'm not going in anywhere by canoe or I'm not going Mm -hmm. into the mountains. So is there things that you bring to the mountains that are different than, like, a quick after work hunt or, um, you know, when you're going in and, you know, I mean, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, one of the things in your pack, when you go, uh, get ready for your canoeing hunt should be a canoe paddle. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that is facts. <laughs> uh, for those of you just tuning in, Greg has done some Instagramming from the boat launch without a canoe paddle. Um, <laughs> yeah. wake up super early catch that two two thirty or 3 o'clock 3 a.m. tide and it's like wait I need a paddle for this great <laughs> but does that like so do you, are you bringing in anything like whether it's like safety devices or you know are you like if you're hunting two miles into the mountains for a couple days like do you have like an in reach or a spot or something same thing with the no. tides or no I should have one um, but I don't I talk about them, I get one, and then I look at the price, I'm like, ah, wait, even though they're not that much money, I just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> now, now I'm a father, I probably should have one of them. You know, all you listeners out there, if you're a father and you do stupid stuff, you should probably have one of them. <laughs> you know, don't be like me. <laughs> but now, like in the mountains, it's because there's bears up there, so water is critical, so you use that carry more water. And then we got the like the water filter pouches and whatnot. But I mean, the temperature change in the mountains pretty good. So it's like I, I bring an extra, you know. Uh, I bought a merino wool like a three hundred gram like pullover. I bring uh, that now my mountain hunts. If I get cold, use that and get me through a hunt. Um, if I'm a little chilly because it's kind of heavy, uh, my legs. I, I bring 
over booties, like those little booties for over my boots. Um, I wear like to hike it so far. I wear just uninsulated boots, but then once you stop, you know, you get cold. So over boot, over booties and like said, water and snacks. I try to, in the mountains, you know, I, I consume a lot of food because I'm like, I'm pretty much hiking, you know, you know, two to three miles a day, some burnt or some brush. So I, I eat a lot of food. So in the mountains, just a lot more food, pretty much like out the, pretty much when I take elk hunting, I take mountain hunting here in Jersey. Yeah. They, they do overnight trips. I, I keep it very consistent. It's the same, you know? Hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and the same thing, one flashlight headlamp, and nothing too crazy. I just bring a little extra clothing and food and water. And what are you doing you know, for, um, navigation i mean we're all using our phones right somehow Uh, but but what else i have a two garmin gps's i have an old school e-trex and i have one of them i think it's a 670 or something or whatever but i bought that one for montana and it was just eating batteries up i don't know if i got like defective model i called garmin they told me to want stuff and it just burns through double A battery. So I, I find myself just using my E-Trex, you know, my old, you know, green screen pointy arrow E-Trex <laughs> and, and mix with my phone on uh, airplane mode, you know, to save batteries. I'll bring in like a, a battery charger. Even when I, I whitetail hunt, I bring an external battery pack. Um, that way, you know, and, and the, especially in the cold, for some reason my phone just eats juice if it gets cold. I think a lot of people's battery, you know, so I, uh, I just bring an extra charging battery pack. Okay. And are you, so do you, do you not bring a compass at all then? Oh yeah. I have a compass that stays in my, that's one of the another thing. It stays in my right front pocket. My compass is always my right front pocket. Um, that's pretty much everything that's in my pocket. I, my phone goes in my back pocket or, when I'm like walking in, it'll be on my, uh, right hip and I'll have, uh, my compass in my right front pocket and my phone in the you know, cargo, whatever pocket daily that's on the pants I have. And that's pretty much anything I have in my, you know, in my pockets. You know, like my, my wallet stays in my pack, you know, like waterproof thing, you know. And the keys to my truck, all that stuff is in a waterproof pack tied to my inside of my backpack. So, you know, if I fall, dump out and something happens, like that stuff can't fall out of my pack, you know, it's attached to it permanently. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of good, like, like, like that little tip right there, like having, like having the stuff split up into you know, the, those pouches, like you do Western hunting, but then yeah. having like that specifically, this is where it is. This is where this is. This is where it's yeah. tied in. Cause even for yeah. myself, like, I don't, I don't think about like the, the one day I came out of the woods with, uh, one of those clip on hat lights, mm-hmm. um, in my mouth because <laughs> I couldn't find my headlamp which I knew that I had, 
and I was crossing like waist deep water and I had my phone in my one hand and my bow in the other hand and all my shit on my back, you know, trying to navigate with a clip on light in my teeth. Yeah. Um, That's uh, another thing with the gear when it comes to uh, my flashlights. Um, Because, you know, pull out a flashlight out of your pack, turn on a battery for that. When I'm not using my flashlights, I take the batteries out and and flip them around, flip one battery around. So if the button does get hit on the headlamp or my tracking light, it doesn't turn on and kill the battery inside the pack. That's one thing I started doing like two years ago. Um, That, you know, because the headlamp, you know, they're, you know, there's never like a, a lock switch on the light. You turn it off and it locks or something. It seems like it's like it's a, a push button. So you put it, you, you stuff it in the, the little side pouch. Well, if you hit it, you know, by accident, it turns on. I don't know if it's on during the day. You got to grab it and it's like, man, this light sucks. You know, and you're like, oh, I got no batteries. So I take that when I get to the tree in the morning, I get set up, you know, and I'll, I'll open the battery things up and I'll swap them out. You know, swap one of the batteries out backwards and then shut it. That way, I'm not, you know, turning the light on by accident. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I run a Phoenix um, headlamp, and that one is real funny. I got it for Christmas years ago, and I got it, put a battery in it, and I'm a guy, so I didn't read the directions. I mean, it's just a headlamp, right? And, like, <laughs> I was like, I, I pushed the button, like, a 100 times. And it's like, oh, nope, it doesn't work. So I sent it back, got another one. Same story, doesn't work. And uh, my daughter was like maybe maybe a year old at the time, and she was playing with it, and then all of a sudden it just comes on. Well, you got to hold the button down for like five seconds for yeah. it to come on so it doesn't just go on in your pack. Um, mm-hmm. So that's good, but I it took me two different headlights to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Outsmarted by yeah. a one-year-old. Yeah, it's like, Daddy, that's how you do it. <laughs> Damn you. You know, because I've, I've been trying to toy with the idea of the re- rechargeable ones. And there are like a lot of sheep hunters. They use rechargeable ones. But it's like, all right, you know, you're usually getting back to camp, you know, when, unless you kill something, you know, right at dark, right after dark, maybe, I, I don't know. But a lot of these guys, they have uh, rechargeable headlamps. And I've seen the rechargeable handlets in the store, maybe because I haven't used them in the dark, but I'm like, man, that just light just looks not bright enough for me. I'm not afraid of the dark by any means, but like, I'm going to be able to see it or be able to have like another, you know, because mine, I go green, I walk through the woods, and if I need to I hit the other button, it's got it's a nice bright white light. So it's like green when I walk through, it's like, oh, what's that over there? You know, a white light, you see a hunter or a deer or something. So I think a rechargeable one from like a space and, and, Efficiency with batteries would be ideal, but I don't know if I want to spend that type of money for a headlamp I might not like. Well, I'm a, like on the other side of that spectrum. It's like I'm a, I'm just always afraid of failure. Like not I'm afraid of equipment failure. And like you know, like I said, I've been out there with a, a one little CR two hundred three LED headlamp in my teeth. Uh, navigating so like the last thing i want is to have that rechargeable battery go bad or Mm -hmm. you know it it 
me not have the ability to recharge it or like I ran into this with a rangefinder years ago, like all my stuff now is double a batteries because I know that in uh, any store you're going to find a double a battery. Yeah. But (laughs) I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to find that one little stupid battery that goes in my rangefinder. you know? So now you're just stuck. Yeah. And uh, I just want it to be like stupid easy. Like I want it to just be simple. And like you said, if you've got an extra battery with you, then, you know, but the rechargeable ones and, you know, 90% of the time you can't take the batteries out. Or like you said, for the money, if you want to buy a separate battery for it, well, that's a special battery and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. the same price as the whole headlamp. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, that's why I shy away from the rechargeable stuff. Yeah. Like it says, and too, like it's a cost thing too. Like I'm, I won't call myself cheap, but it's like oh, my headlamp. I've had literally the same headlamp for like three years now, and it's like I really want a new one. I kind of like this one, you know. It's a the band's a little stretched out now, but I'm like it doesn't bother me, you know. But for me, it's like the the green light. It's a bright green light, which I I love, you know. Because the red lights, I don't know if maybe I'm getting older. Like the red, I'll use the red. Um, climbing up the tree sometimes because the green light's a little too bright, like facing the tree, like it blinds you. It's so intense. But like walking out, it's, it floods the area with plenty of light, so I don't get a you know shit whip in the face by a branch I don't see because that's awful. Or the giant spider just waiting to attack your face <laughs> because you can't see it. So I like the big, you know, like a, a floodlight almost, like a, a real wide angle light, you know, mm-hmm. and I can see a good ten yards in front of me, you know. Um, some of them, like the, like I said, the, the ones that are they're too narrow. I don't like those lights. Yeah. So what else are you running? So you said you're running the the Timber Ninja sticks, right? So yeah. what what saddle and platform, and how many sticks are you running? Eighters. Yeah, I got four, uh, four sticks with the eighters built in. Um, I probably just. I haven't done a height test yet because, you know, I'm an idiot and I, you know, twist my ankle a month and a half, you know, six weeks before the season opens. Um, so now I'm in a stupid boot. But four and a, you know, the eight or like I might have to make like a, a like a three step eight or for the first stick or something, you know, or like the top stick or whatever. So I could take it off to the blow in the wind to get me where I need to be sometimes. Cause sometimes I do get up around like 23 feet and I don't, I think that'll be pushing it with just four smaller sticks and an eighter. I, I would have to get like really overstretched the sticks, which is not something I'm comfortable doing, you know, as I've gotten older. Um, so that's something I need to work on. Uh, latitude method two, um, the two panels and so comfy, so easy to set up. Uh, their single panels nice, but not as comfy for me. I'm kind of skinny, so I like the the, the two panel uh, adjustability for comfort. And I'm running the Wild Edge uh, Battlement uh, platform. It's a little wider than the, the tether platform I was running because um, I I do hunt a couple bigger trees and uh, the original you know tether platform, the smaller one. It, it, Kind of limited my around the tree shot opportunities, 
Uh, so I like the, the battlements. It's nice. Um, I do have a ring of steps I want to try uh, in the backyard. I kind of like them, uh, especially on the bigger trees. So I'm going to try to throw it out in the mix a few sits this year. Uh, the Bullman steps. Yeah. Are those the new ones or are those the more nah, the older ones? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, like I, I buy them and three months later it comes out the new ones. <laughs> and I'm like, you mother, you know, <laughs> but yeah. they're, they're nice. You know, like I don't, like I run, I got six and I pretty much just make three blocks of two. So it's like kind of wide. Um, and the way I set them up, like I, I got a bigger tree. I plan on using them on the smaller tree. I don't think it's necessary. My platform, I can shoot around a smaller tree. I think some of the bigger trees, uh, medium-sized trees that I think the the ring of steps might be beneficial. Um, but there again, I haven't really hunted out of them, so I'll find out when I hunt. Because like I said, backyard's different than actually being in the woods and sitting still for two or three hours. You know, 45 minutes is not three hours. <laughs> you can really work, you know, you can stumble through 45 minutes an hour in the backyard, but three hours, that's, you know, that's one of the things like you won't know until you actually are in the tree and then you're like, well, this is great. Or this sucks. I hate every second of this. <laughs> yeah. Th- those aren't bad. Um, I actually have some of those act. Um, I gave them to a, a kid, um, because he didn't have a platform, but I, mm-hmm. um, I would carry them in my, th- this is what I'm talking about with like carrying a big, cause I use a super day pack as well. Um, yeah, but carrying a big pack, it's like, well, I'll throw this in there. I'll throw this in there, and very rarely do I know like the exact tree that I'm going to sit. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just going to go to this area and you know hunt. And by using the sticks that I have with the platform on the top, um, mm-hmm. I've run into situations where where that ends up on the tree is right at the crotch of a tree or right at the big limb Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm still i'm still hunting like i hunt with um like a like a hang on so i'm just gonna get right up there and i'll have a lot of back cover well now like all that shit's in my way because i'm on the wrong side of the tree you know so i'm looking at it i I still do the same (laughs) thing sometimes like that'd be great i get right in there and you get up there like well this sucks because you got this branch you know you're like this is awful it's like I still do that. It's like, or in the dark, you're like, I can make it that high. That, that, that fork's 20 feet up. I need about 16. You get like three, six high. You're like, you're staring face to face in the fork. You're like, well, oh, this is awful. Like I had a, a situation like last year set up and same thing. Like in the dark, the tree looked great. I scouted it, you know, like two years ago. I was like, I'm going to go sit this spot. You know, don't know what was, is, is it, or is the morning sit? I'm going through Like I'm stuck in every stick of bush. That's why I'm, you know, Go there super early because I had to go around so much stuff to get to this tree. I get to this tree, I'm just covered in sweat. You know, like I'm like dragging like a giant branch with me, got stuck in the, between the backpack and my neck. I didn't know, so it's like I'm carrying all this extra weight because I'm dragging a log. You know, beast of burden behind me. <laughs> and I get to this tree, I'm like, I think this is a tree. I was like, cause two years, long time in the woods, and I'm like, there's a lot of sticker bushes around here. I was like, I gotta get up. And I'm like. I think that's that tree. I'm looking, I got the light going up, like the green light. I'm like, was it that tree? No, it's this tree. No, it's this tree. I'm like, I'm going to pick the middle. You know, I can cover both trees maybe. So I get up. I'm like, yeah, I can make that. I'll put the platform here. 
And in my mind, I'm like, I'm setting up like I'm doing a hang on for some reason. I don't know why. I get up there. I'm like, well, this sucks because I got no shots anywhere. So I got the tether like crazy long. So I can like shoot around this because it's like by this time I'm getting set up at daylight. You know, I'm like, I need to be just set up, you know, and by the time if I would have like broke down and moved, it would have been like, I probably would have just left. So I'm like, I'm going to tough it out. So the way I set it up was, all right, I'm good. And I literally have one small window to shoot. And the deer come to the left up this ditch, like parallel in the ditch. It's great. I shoot all day. But if they come out at the ditch, it was like made like uh, a T. So they come up one end or, or this way. Well, a uh, split main beam buck, not a giant, but I would have shot him because he's pretty cool. You know, split main beam. He come right at me and then made a hard left. I couldn't move when he's coming right at me. And then when he made the left, I had no shot opportunities because I got this, you know, this branch in my face. So it's like, this is depressing. And I'm like, in two years, like perfect scenario, perfect wind, perfect everything. And I blew it because I set stand up for the saddle in the wrong tree, like an idiot, you know? <laughs> but yeah. So, so, uh, I bring, uh, a set of those. And I'll I'll set them up on the tree, but like I've had this similar situations. Now, what do you say? I mean, I, I guess like with everything, there's a trade off, right? So, yeah. with your for all the guys that are like, you know, saddles are just a fad. You know, you can't. You know, everybody says that you can shoot 360. You can, you know, um, you know, you can climb any tree. You can hunt from any tree. And you're just outlining or we're just outlining like scenarios where like we got screwed because we had mm -hmm. poor tree choices or whatever. Yeah. Like, so what do you say to that detractor that says, well, if you'd have just been in a hang on you to kill that buck, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say that I'm like, <laughs> shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like for me, you know, as I don't know, cause I, I had a tree stand accident. Um, a few years ago, you know, a decade or 12 years ago, where like I'm lucky to be walking or end or alive. So for me, saddle, once I, I don't see myself going to a traditional stand, hang on ever again, because the saddle allows me to be attached to a tree going up and going down. So for me, it's a, it's a safety thing. Um, not getting shot on a deer to care less, you know, it's not going to make or break my life me falling and being paralyzed or dying. Yeah, that's a problem. So what I, you know, what you might lose in some trees, I gain in knowing I'm going to come home safe or let's say it, the lineman slips. I got step sticks or something in there. I'm not going to just fall like a rock. Something's going to catch me and swing around like a broken leg is better than a broken back, you know? So for me, I don't see myself not using a saddle. You know, I, I hope they're around in, you know, 30 years. I'm still hunting, you know, and 70 years old, 74 years old. I, I still think I can saddle hunt, you know, John, you know, Eberhardt, but he's getting up there in age. He's still saddle hunting, you know. Warren so, Womack, he is 75 or something yeah. like that. And I'm out of a saddle. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a peace of mind knowing, um, safe going up down the tree you know it's not a, a, a repelling device where your like, alignments can still be dangerous you know but i've tried alignments and uh, the harnesses getting out of trees i would never use them 
and it's getting away, you know, but now using a saddle, it's like, oh, this is great. You know, you learn to trust the gear, trust the gear. And for me coming home and seeing my kids, my wife and kids is more important than killing a deer, you know, being around for that is, you know, that takes, you know, precedence over everything. So it's, it's you basically, know? um, another tool for you as far as yes. like hunting, but mm-hmm. in that the, the safety aspect has just kind of surpassed anything. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, going through what I went through because I, I had the lineman's belt, I wore it going up the tree. I don't wear it coming down. And that's when the accident happened. So if I had lineman's belt climbing down, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. Yeah, because like with the saddle, don't don't pouch on. Let's say I, I hunt tree with a bunch of limbs. I got the lineman's belt on. Well, if I get around a, a branch, I, I reach in the pouch, pull out the other, you know, put the tree tether, loop it around, you know, and use that as a another lineman's belt, you know, and then go back to go up the tree. So being safe is is way more cooler than you know getting a shot on a buck, I guess. But you know, those guys that say saddles are can get in the way or whatever. The buck I shot last year in PA, if it wasn't for the saddle, me being able to swing around the tree, you know, 200, you know, 70 degrees at full draw, you know, just work myself around the tree. I wouldn't have shot that buck. He was moving so fast. So for me, being a full draw on saddle, I can swing left, right, up, down and, be completely safe and not going to fall off. You know, you, you try that on a, if you're wearing a full body harness and, you know, you got this strap going around your neck and you got to go around a tree at full draw. You're trying to hold on full draw, not have that strap go against your face, you know, or block your vision and not fall off, you know, the little 19 by 26 platform you're standing on. <laughs> so it's like, uh, cause I've lost deer in a, in a hang on because of that full draw and they swing around a tree. You can't do anything because you you can't swing around a tree a full draw. You because you might be on the corner of a tree, whatever, and it happens. You know, it's like you know you're I'll let down and try and swing on a tree and like redraw. Well, that never ever worked out for me. But being in saddle, you know, I killed my buck last year because of it. You know. Yeah, unfortunately, I can I can relate to that um, with with the being in a, a lock on with a harness and. You know, unfortunately, it was probably like, you know, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I was at full draw, and I, I swung around to the other side of the tree, and my elbow got caught up in my safety harness, you know, because mm-hmm. I was leaned out and trying to swing around. Yep. And bow goes off, and that arrow's still flying. And, yeah. you know, I was like, well, well that's you know, over. I mean, <laughs> when I was using a hang-on, like, when full body harnesses first came out, you know, I used one yeah, talking 25 years ago. Um, they had some crappy full body harnesses. I lost a shot on a deer because that full body harness got wrapped around my neck and it scared the crap out of me. I like leaning out like, cause I grew up in an era where you just had the waist belt and you lean out and you use the waist belt to get shots off. You know, like for me, what I bring in my pack, everything has to have a purpose, you know, like, uh, you know, my line of work, sometimes we have, you know, we call them window washers belts. You know, we got to lean out, 
well, I use a window washer belt and I'm comfortable like leaning out and, and having uh, the belt hold me. And I use waist belts and people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, listen, I, I had the waist belt around my chest. You know, I've, I've fallen out of a tree. You know, I've, I've jumped off the platform. Sure. It hurts your arms, whatever, but whatever. But I, it's a lineman's belt as a tree hopper, you know, waist belt. That's what I use for years. Cause I don't like the full body harness. I want to be able to use my harness as a tool to help me get a shot on deer. Like I've cut a lot of deer by lengthening that rope and leaning all the way out, almost like you're hunting out of saddle and taking a shot on a deer, you know, and that harness is keeping me tight, you know, and uh, put leg against a tree and using the harness as a, you know, a, you know, three points of contact basically. So for me, you like using a full body harness and not being able to help me kill a deer. I just, it never really clicked with me. Cause I felt like you're, you're, you're really limiting yourself using a full body harness. I know that some people's probably like screaming because I'm saying that, but that's just my, my take on it, my view on it. Yeah. And then, you know, you see a lot of guys that were doing that and that's, you know, the guys that hunt with like the rock climbing harnesses, right? Yep. That mm-hmm. they use it yeah. as a saddle or that, but they'll use it on their lock on so that yeah. they don't have it up above them and they can. Mm-hmm. They can use. I think Jason Samkowiak. That's how he prefers to hunt. Um, he says, "I'll never hunt from a saddle," but that he's he's you know uh, adapting it for himself. Yeah, there was a a safety belt company years ago. It was something, but it was basically off a rock climbing harness, and it was you know a safety harness. But if you fell, you kind of sat almost like a rock climbing harness. But it was like real thin streamlined and, and it never caught on you because know, it was like you need a full body harness like if you look at guys that wear full body harnesses like I, i've jumped out of an airplane like i went parachuting and you they make that harness tight a properly fitted harness like and i've, I've fallen out of we practice stuff when i worked in the amusement industry but a full body harness when they're tight like and you jump out and it catches you like it hurts and it's tight now I see people, I got friends that use a full body harness. It's so loose because I don't like it yeah, walking in. They never readjust when they get to the tree. So they have this thing like super loose. Well, that's not going to help you at all. That's actually going to hurt you. <laughs> you, know? mm-hmm. you have too much play. Like the harness isn't going to be able to do its job. Like nobody's sitting in a tree stand with a harness that's actually like super tight and the way it should be. Very few people, I should say, because it's, for me, it's very uncomfortable. I've, I've, sat, I've tried using full body harnesses in my backyard. Like I'm like, the, for me, like how it would have to be to, to be to work properly. It, for me, I was like, this is just uncomfortable. Like sitting, standing, like I just felt like a lot of like a lot of movement, like moving around with it. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't use one by any means. This is just my views on full body harnesses. So it sounds like your your whole setup this year is is going to be new this year. Um, yes. Uh, any changes new with your, to me. yeah. Yeah. Um, any changes with your, your bow or any of your broadhead yeah. set up? Anything? I don't even know where my bow, I don't even know where my bow is. It's somewhere <laughs> in my basement. I haven't shot my bow since December. <laughs> I've been with some shoulder issues in January and like, it's been feeling good. And then I'm like, ah, and then I hurt, you know, I irritated at work. So 
I'm just going to just wait till about a month before the season to break it out, find it, I should say. I really don't even know where it's at, to be honest with you. <laughs> Somewhere downstairs in the kitchen. I got like six bow cases down in the basement. So it's in one of them. And but that- yeah, I'm, I'm running the same, same bow as a, everything same, same site, rest. You know, I'm not going to do anything in strings. I'll just clean them and, you know, beat it up this year. So guys, that's listening to this. Like that's a huge thing for Greg. Who's, you know, yes. Been, that's a tough one. You know, he shoots like basically try, didn't you say you try to shoot a, like a few arrows every day in the basement, like yeah. just for yeah. form. Yeah. Uh huh. And that's uh that's dad life for you, I guess, you know, <laughs> so. dad life and, and being injured. It's like, well, if I irritate my arm, you know, like I, and I'll, I'll probably change out my sight to a three pin. I got a five pin on. Um, I probably won't be shooting 60 yards this year because I'm not putting the time in. I'm, you know, I didn't shoot any. I'll shoot a 3D right for a season. I'm simply just backyard shooting. Um, so I'm going to keep my shots limited distance wise. You know, like last year, I didn't really start shooting until August for my elk hunting trip. And, but, you know, by the time I left for elk hunting, I was, you know, shoot 70 yards of broadheads pretty well. So, you know, it's like riding a bike, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. And I'm most of my spots this year. I've, I've really scouted thick cover. Most of my spots are going to be under 25 yards. You know, like my buddy said, if you're using a 20 yard pin, you're hunting the wrong spots. And I kind of took that and ran with it this year. Most of my spots of, I see it here is going to be, super close and be super low to the ground, you know, five, six feet, maybe 10 feet and just 10 yard shots would be great. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I think we kind of covered all the stuff that I wanted to, to cover. Um, Let me, uh, one more tidbit in that when you use your, like your sticks, like when you, when I set my platform sticks up, when you're going up, I say, everything stays the same. My sticks and how I set my platform, I don't change. I go up and I set, for me, I set my platform off to the right so I can do it in the dark. I don't get up and like, I'm going to put the platform on the left this time and deviate from that plan. When you're setting your sticks up, you know, set them up the same exact way in the yard, in the woods. If you, your strong side shots over here, you know, you need set your sticks up accordingly. Don't try to hide your sticks from the deer coming in at you. This deer don't care about the sticks in the tree, you know? As long as you don't have nothing, you know, your, your straps are, are, are tight against the train. There's no movement. Then sticks are going to just blend in. You know, make sure you just set your sticks and, and your platform the same exact way every time. And coming down the same exact time, like, you know, like muscle memory kick in after a few times and you can do it like in your sleep. Yeah, that that's something for me that I guess I, in, in trying to help guys out, or, you know, when they say what sticks or what do you think about these or what do you think about that? Like, I think it's something that I just take for granted because you see somebody that's moving to sticks for the first time or they're, you know, they swapped out their cam buckles for daisy chains or rope mods or something. And, uh, you know, now they're fumbling around and it's like, like once yeah. I set my, I mean, I set my first two sticks from the ground, the other two are on my hips as I go up mm-hmm. and it's just... I mean, I just feel like I'm just like going to work. Like it's just that yes. muscle memory, like confident in setting them up. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's contradictory, I guess, because 
I do every single time at some point feel like that Clark Griswold, but you know, <laughs> I just, I've, I've come to know that what I need to do in that situation where it's not like I'm yeah. panicking and I'm not like you, like you said earlier, like with the lineman's belt and the lineman's loops on that saddle, like I trust the yeah. equipment. So like, yeah. I know exactly, yeah. you know, what I can and can't do. Yeah. Cause I know like for years with the hang on, I would set the sticks up where I think they're on the outside of the tree. So I went up in the sticks with twirl sometimes and I'm like, you're coming down in the dark, you know, setting, set, like you're just setting yourself up for disaster. My sticks. And like I said, I learned from the wild head steps, you know, like using them, like I set them up at chin height, every step, but the nader and suede boom, boom, boom. Like nothing changes. I get up, you know, the, the platform goes to the right. I could probably do it blindfolded, you know, on a tree, you know, it'll probably go with very little light or you know, even blindfolded. And that's how I want to get with the sticks. But this ankle injury is just really sticking it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, you've been doing a lot of scouting and stuff like that. Where can people follow along with, uh, you know, all the stuff that you're putting out? Cause you're putting out some, some great helpful content for guys. Yeah. YouTube, Instagram, you know, I got, you know, I, uh, I got two videos on my phone. I'm trying to edit and this editing software, they must've like changed it. And it's just, the, I got to extract the audio separately and then upload it. And you can't just like put it in, but it's been very frustrating for me. I, I, I don't know because it looks like I'm lip syncing to like a, you know, <laughs> old Kung Fu movie. And I'm like, this is awful. And it sounds so good. Like everything's good, but I'm like, the words don't match the lips and I'm like, yeah, I can't put that out there. So I'm still working on that. It's a really good video. Uh, it's not summer scouting for buck beds, but I don't know if it's going to make it to print because it's just, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. I don't know. I think, I think if it, it's, it's, if it's a good video, um, and the content's good, like it'd be great. But I think people would like, like would watch it anyways. And yeah. if you, if you just started it out with like a clip that was like, literally like, Greg Fu. We like, get the guy from Police Academy. Yeah. Mike well, to fight, to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> and just say, hey, yeah. I just wanted to have this out there. Because, I, I mean, that stuff's hilarious. And it does happen. Like, yeah. Whether it's a podcast yeah. or a video. I mean, you know, what do you guys It's like do? so weird. Cause it, it, the, 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 the app icon changed. And then I have half the video is good. And I was like, I did like a little intro. Like I talked about summer scouting. I can't get them to match up, but the last half's good. So I'm like, really? The last half's good? Like, in the woods, it's good. Like, I didn't have my microphone. It was all crappy, but I cleaned it all up. I cleaned all the audio up. Like, all right, that's good. But the front half, it's just me lip syncing. And it's like Milli Vanilli. You know, I'm like, oh, it's so horrible. And it's like, I spent, because, like, I've been out of work. You know, so I really haven't been to work. I spent hours trying to get it. And it's, like, so frustrating because, first of all, I'm working on a, a phone screen. It's like, and then, like, my stepdaughter say something or like, my wife say something. I'm, like, so confused. I'm, like, leave me alone. I'm working. <laughs> just, just give me five minutes. She goes, you said that two hours ago. I'm, like, two hours, five minutes. It's the same thing. I'm, like, I got stuff to do, you know? <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. I mean, it sucks, but <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the struggle. You know? Yeah, it's, a, it's all one. It's, like, now it's, like, I need to just carry my – because I got the – I bought a – 4k gopro and i can put my microphone and everything on i got the little holder for it i just never use it because the phone is just always in my pocket you know and it's like ah, i should have just 
brought the GoPro. That's why I bought it for it. I didn't even use it, you know? <laughs> Muscle memory, my phone. I've been using my phone for the last two years. So it's like, yeah, GoPro, I ain't got time for that. And now it's like, oh, let's have to use the GoPro. It'd be so much simpler. <laughs> right, right. And so that's the bow hunting fiend um, YouTube and Instagram, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, Kung Fu Scouting with Greg Litzinger. Yeah. <laughs> well, to scout, scout with me. What did he just say? Oh, well, awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Always fun. <laughs>